Was I right about that song or what? Gosh, that was, uh, I, I suppose it's even more touching for me, our, our daughter, who's sitting right over there, um, is a, uh, God willing, will be having our third grandchild this week. And, um, and uh, yeah, so uh, kind of makes you think about that a little more. I love talking about this subject. I love it more now that I'm on a different, a different stage. I don't mean this stage, at a different stage of life uh, than when you're in the midst of it. And you're always in the midst of it. Let me just say that. <laughs> you're always in the midst of it. Uh, our oldest is going to be 35 this week, which is just, I don't, I just, that ain't right. I'm just like, how is that possible? We've only been married 33 years. No, no I'm, kidding. I'm kidding. We will be married 37 years in October, just in case you're doing some math, okay? <laughs> but it was a lot sooner than what we thought would, it would happen. Um, and it, you, you go through life and you go through these things with kids. And, you know, you, you, and I don't want to sound old because I don't think I am. And I don't feel that way. But, you know, when families are going through it and, and, you, and you see people with young kids and they're so idealistic in many cases in this way and this way and anymore, I, I just sit back and I just kind of think, let's see how you're going to feel in 10 years. And then let's see how you're going to feel 10 years after that. Because it's just, you know, life... So many things can happen, and, and hopefully it's all going to be good, but sometimes there's always some other that gets mixed in there with that as well. So I want to talk about this pretty bluntly, as much as I can, much like I did last week uh, as we talked about sex. If you weren't here, you can go to the website and listen to that. In fact, I'll tell you a real quick, real quick story on that. He's here. This I won't embarrass him, but he, uh, he, he missed, this, missed last week's message, a, a friend of mine, and uh, so he listened to it. Uh, last week's message was on sex and so forth. Um, he listened to it, and then he, both of his girls are in college, and so he took the link, and he sent it to both of his girls and said, hey... Um, it's dad, um, just go to this link and listen. That's all I have to say. I love you. Bye. <laughs> good thing to do. <laughs> um, good thing to do. Anyway, so much like last week, we talk, I'm going to talk very bluntly about this and, and uh, try to show you what the Bible teaches. Uh, thankfully, I have a little experience at this, and uh, I'm very fortunate. Uh, I started, you know, I thought, you know, I, I didn't really seriously consider this, but at one point I thought, why don't I just stand up and tell folks how to raise great kids? Because we are very blessed. We have two incredible kids who are married to two incredible people. We have four kids now. We consider that, and, and all four are amazing. And, and that's, not, that's, not, that's not the liquor talking. I mean, that's just, that's just plain, because I haven't had any. And, and that's, that's just plain truth. And I thought, so what would I say if I was just stand up and tell them how we, why we have such great kids? Let's see, it would have to do with... Um, the mother, um, the mother, uh, the mother, uh, the mother. <laughs> you know what I'm getting at there, right? That's not much of a stretch either. Um, so anyway, I thought I need, you need more than just whatever wisdom I may have gained over the years. I want to go to the Bible. Let me show you this quote because I've used this quote two years ago. Some of you will know it. Don't say it out loud if you know who said it. But it just, it just describes children today. Ready? Children nowadays are tyrants. They contradict their parents, gobble their food, and tyrannize their teachers. Who do you think said that? Dr. Spock back in the 50s? Not the Star Trek guy, people, okay? Some of you are thinking that. Used to be a 
parenting guru named Dr. Spock. Who do you think said that? Maybe, uh, maybe Emily, uh, Dear Abby. No, Bill Cosby. All right, you ready for this? Let's show them who said it. Socrates. Socrates said that right around 400 B.C. Isn't that amazing? I mean, you, when you read that, it's just, it's just crazy. Folks, some things never change. Some things never change. And while they didn't have, they didn't have video games and, and all the other kinds of things that we have today and so forth, there are some issues that we always are going to have to deal with. And it made me think about this, what we do for our kids. Now, just... Some of you aren't there yet. That's okay. You're kids, and maybe you can appreciate your parents more for having done some of these things. You spend incredible amounts of money. And that's before college, you know? Just, I mean, it just, it's like, what is this? This is, a, this is like an investment, but it, you know, never comes back. You know? um, incredible amounts of money. Hopefully it does in other ways. Incredible amounts of money. That's before college, and you get to get them to college. And, of course, I think if you're conscientious about it, you want to, maybe they're going to have to work a little bit or whatever, but you, that's part of the deal, getting them a good education and so forth. Um, how about this one? You sit through hours. Some of these are mine. Some of these are people who just give me ideas. Uh, you sit through hours of stuff to see them do their couple of minutes. That ever happened to you? Maybe it's, maybe it's, maybe it's in a recital. You've been to a recital? So your kid played the piano? That's brutal. I mean, that's brutal. You have three or four hours, you know, and, they, and, and some, of them, some of the kids are just terrible, you know? I mean, let's be honest here, right? We've got to be honest. And then your little kid goes up there and, you know, do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. Yeah, that's great. And then they're done. And you got another hour. Okay, and then, of course, inevitably, if you're like me, you say to your wife, well, I'll just leave. You can't leave. You can't leave. That would be rude. You can't leave. You stay here. And you stay there. So, sports. You learn about sports you never cared about. That's great. My son, it was easy. Football and basketball. I'm good. Okay? My daughter, she gets this thing for volleyball. And I'm like, middle blocker. Isn't that like the center on a football team? You know? And uh, outside hitter. What is that? Some kind of tennis thing? No, and you learn all these different positions, and, and you, I, you know, it, doesn't lo- it doesn't take long. And before, after, you know, it didn't take me long, and I was able to start yelling at the refs. didn't take me too long at all, you know? you know. Basketball, it was easy. Volleyball, I had to learn a few things before I could start chiding the refs. Hey, ref, you get one eye, you'd be a cyclops. Okay, anyway, there's some of the great cheers that you can use. Um, you know, you, you, get, you get bleacher butt. Do you ever have that? Oh, my gosh. Man. Why would they make those things more comfortable? Oh. Um, how about this one? Somebody gave me this from Short Hills. Drive to 50 birthday parties a year and your kid only has five friends. <laughs> Some of you can relate to that. <laughs> um, you go through purgatory-like experiences like Chuck E. Cheese, Funplex, or amusement and water parks. And they deaden your brain so much that you'll wait in line for an hour for a three-minute ride and you think it's great. You know? You're like, oh. And you do it. And you spend incredible amounts of money on it. You learn to kind of think, you, you learn to think that your, your powdery blue minivan is kind of sporty. You know? <laughs> kind of sporty. <laughs> you throw practice pitches and pop flies and grounders. 
thousands of them. And you learn to like it. You know, and sometimes you go out with, you go without food, you go without sleep, you go without spare time, you go without sex, you go without all kinds of other things, all because of your kids. Sacrifice relationships sometimes, not because you wanted to, but because you don't have time for them. And more importantly, sometimes thinking you're making the righteous choice, you sacrifice the one thing that will hurt them the most, and that is the relationship with your spouse. And I want you to know and I want you to hear this very clearly and very just as bluntly as I can put it, and that is the very best thing. If you get nothing else out of this whole series on the family, the, if the, the, the one thing, the best thing, the best thing you can do for your kids is to love the heck out of their sp- your spouse. Just love the heck out of the, your spouse. It's amazing how that works. That's a man, and I want to be careful with this because I know some of you are coming from different situations and I want to speak to that. But, but you know, if, 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 you're, if you're still married to the, to, the, to, the, to the parent of your kids, you guys just, just develop that relationship. That's so important. It's amazing how healthy mentally and spiritually kids are even though parents make mistakes, thousands of them, when they see a mom and a dad who just love each other. And they go, egg, yuck, and ooh, gag, and all the other kind of stuff. But I mean, they just, it's, it's just amazing how healthy it is to see that. Now, some of you don't have that opportunity anymore because of a divorce or death or, or, or something else. And you know, wherever you are now, and if you're in a particular, and, and you're now married, well, then just start there. It's not too late. It's not too late. Start there. It's important to see that and see that in a functional kind of way. I want to take you to the Bible and show you a passage in the Old Testament that just kind of says it all, sums everything up for us. I want to draw five very simple bullet points out of that and uh, just show you this and, 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 and go from there. I call, I'm, I'm going to call these things that we're going to see in just a minute the gotta-haves, the gotta-haves of growing wholesome children. Before I get there, though, I want to read this passage. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5. Just follow along. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands I'm giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you are at home and when you are away on a journey, when you're out traveling, driving in the car. Talk about them, you know? When you're lying down, when you get up, tie them to your hands as a reminder. Wear them on your forehead. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. And doesn't need, I don't think... Take, you mean that literally? He's just saying, it's just a part of who you are. Well, what is it? That is the, the, the commands that he gives us there. To love the Lord your God with all your soul, all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. Commit yourself to that wholeheartedly. Here's the issue. The, 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 the gotta-haves of, of, of growing wholesome children begin with this one thing that he gives us very clearly there is just a love for God. Just a love for God. You know, what do you mean? You, 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 by honoring God, by having reverence for by acknowledging His presence, by understanding He's my creator, by being reminded all the time by the kids, not necessarily preaching to them, but, but, but being able to live to them all the time. You know, there's more than me you've got to watch out for. God's always watching. 
God's always there with us. Not to say that in a fearful way, but in a comforting way. Because it can be comforting. It can be fearful, too, if you're doing something you shouldn't be doing. It's a good thing to think about, though. Some of the gotta-haves of growing wholesome kids, just that they need to be taught, they need to see in their lives from their parents going in and out, traveling, wherever it is, as, as Genesis or Deuteronomy tells us, wherever it is, they just see this, this, this honor, this love for God. The second thing that would go along that is just the respect for people. And, you know, it, it, Jesus talks about that very, this very thing, this love for God. He talks about that in Matthew, and he says, what's the most important command? He said the most important command is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And the second is to love your neighbor as yourself. Children have to be taught a respect for people, all people. They're not taught that. When you say one thing, but then within their earshot, and trust me on this, they always are listening. It's just amazing. They're always listening. I have the benefit of having that relationship now with both of my kids. I remember when this happened. I said, you remember when that happened? You weren't in the room. You didn't. How would you have heard that? Oh, I just heard it. It's made. It just, it just it drives you. It drives, I mean, it, it, it's, you got to be careful. They, they hear everything. And, and they, they, they're not going to have that respect for people when, when they're hearing gossip or they're hearing people put down, hear a lot of criticism and all the other kind of stuff that can happen in those situations. Got to have of wholesome children. A self-awareness. New term here. Self-aware. New term for me. Self-awareness. I, you know, I, I learned this from my son, actually. I say he's going to be 35 next this week, and, and he was. They were here recently with the kids, and he's got our 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 other our first two grand and only grandsons. We're we're expecting by God's grace a granddaughter. Um, and he was correcting them on something, and he was telling one of them, "You have got to." He said, "What's the word?" He, was, he has a word of the month for him or something. What's the word of the month for you? And uh, one of them, Caleb, says, "Self awareness." He says, that's right. We're aware of where we are. We're aware of the situation. We're aware of what we should say, what we shouldn't say. You know, he goes through the whole thing, I imagine, for the, you know, 450th time or whatever it was. Oh, it's a good term, good concept. Teaches us that has to do with not being selfish. You know, and you know what? Let me just interject something in that whole selfishness aspect because you need to hear this from somebody who loves you. I don't know if you know this, but your children, even from the very beginning, you ready for this? Can you handle this? Your children are sinners. You're sinners too, but so are your kids. That's one of the things that's handed down that you don't have a choice. By God's grace and by God's ability, that certainly can be taken care of. That's why Jesus came, but it doesn't mean it all leaves us. I, I can prove that they're sinners. How many times have you ever had to tell your kid, okay, I'm going to teach you how to lie. Here's how you lie. No, you say, no, we don't lie. Or how about this one? Okay, I'm going to teach you how to be selfish and, and, and not to share. No, you teach them, hey, you have to share. It's because they're all, we're all basically born falling short of the glory of God. And granted, we're able to perfect that sin thing as we grow older and so forth if we're not too careful. But uh, that's why Jesus came. We need to have a self-awareness, and, and, and we need to teach that to our kids. Many of you do that by saying, that's not appropriate to say in this setting. That's not appropriate to talk like that in this particular way or to this particular person. Just a, just a self-awareness. Fourth got to have is just growing and growing wholesome children is just self-control. Self-control. That's a tough one, isn't it? 
And we use discipline. That's why we have discipline. You know, by the way, discipline in the Bible is always in the form of correction. Discipline is never in the form of just punitive punishment. And, and, and you, now don't get into word games with me on this. But, I mean, whenever the Bible talks about our relationship with God, he says God disciplines his children. The word is always corrects them. Now, it may hurt. And part of our point of punishment slash discipline is to correct a child into the right kind of behavior. Okay, it's not just to punish them for bad behavior, but it's to correct them. Keep that in mind. It may, it may look the same, but the intent is a whole lot different. Speaking of which, I've got to say this, okay? And I, I, have, I, I have never dealt with this. I've been a minister for 30 years. I've never dealt with this anywhere but here in the last five years. And I've dealt with it here um, at least 20, 25 times. And I, I don't keep track, but, but it's the type of thing where I feel like I need to say something about it publicly. Otherwise, I might just have a conversation with somebody privately about it. Think through your ways of disciplining your kids, okay? Here, here's, here's, and here's what I'm talking about. You do what you got to do, and I, but I don't think it's really the message that you want to send to discipline your children by saying, because of your incorrect behavior, you can't go to the church youth group. Um, and that has, that's happened several times here. With, with, with different parents, well-intended parents whom I know, who I love, who I respect, okay? But here, here, here's the issue. What's the message you're sending there? You've been bad, therefore you can't go to church. I don't think I want to send that message. I can guarantee you I don't want to send that message. Um, now, granted, maybe that speaks highly to our youth stuff that we do for our kids and youth, that it's so much fun that kids really want to come. They, they really do. And, 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 and trust me, that's not unintentional, and that we work extremely hard doing that, especially Nate and Kelsey and all of our workers in that area work their tails off and, uh, to, to, to make that happen. So I, just think about that. I know some of you have done that, and you may continue to do that, and I'm not going to think less of you, but think about that message you're sending. And here's part of what I want you to see. Think through the consequences of some of the disciplinary things that you use. You know, make sure that it's, it's bringing about a healthy result. You may never have thought, well, gee, I never, I never thought about the fact that I'm saying you've been bad, therefore you can't go to church. That's definitely, you know, I mentioned this in the early service, and somebody told me, a teacher who was here told me this. They said, you know, you said that, and it reminded me of this, we have a teacher in our school, um, I'll say where, and they said that, that when their kids are bad, and, and she's a math teacher, when the kids are bad, she'll say, okay, you've got to do four more math problems. And she says, and it, it made me realize Maybe that's why some kids ended up hating math because of the, all, all the psychological stuff. I mean, that, that, I had that actually, and maybe that's why I do hate math so much. Maybe it's also because I have a hard time with four times four. But it, um, um, 16. And anyway, um, the point being this, be careful with the message you're sending. Be careful. Think, think about it. Talk about it. Well, they can't hear you. Um, and that may be tough, you know. Get them some noise-reducing earphones and put them on them anyway so you can talk. Self-control. Last thing is this. Real-time example. What do you mean by that? Nobody influences your kids like you do. And no, you won't know. This, you're going to have to trust me on this one. You're not going to know until they're older, and hopefully you're going to have a good enough relationship with them where you can talk. 
how many ways you have influenced them without realizing it. Because it's not just the sermons that you give them. We had this thing. Our kids were, for the most part, were raised in Vail, Colorado, where I was a pastor for 18 years. And, uh, and we, you know, because of the deals you can get and passes and so forth, we'd ski most every weekend and, and things like that as a family together. And back in, back in before, there were a lot of high-speed quads, which, is all, which are all over, really, the West right now. And it's something that you in the East still... Never mind. I won't say that. Um, I'm a snob, I will admit, and I'm a little arrogant when it comes to the whole skiing thing, and I don't mean to put down East Coast ice skating. I mean skiing. But but um, don't mean to put it down. <laughs> but uh, but what, what we would do, we would go out, and, and there was this one chair, chair two, um, um, if you ever skied Vail, and this is before the high-speed quad, so this, this was a two-person chair fixed, which means it's slow. And this chair would take about 25 minutes, I'm not kidding, to get to the top of the mountain. I mean, it's a long chair. And you're getting about 2,000 vertical in that one chair. I used to always arrange it so I'd get on that chair with my son. And to this day, he talks about sermons on chair two. You know? Because <laughs> I would just say, well, how are you doing? What's new in school? What's going on? You know, I just, he can't go anywhere. You know, and it's before all the earphone stuff, and it's like, you know, talk to me, kid. You know, and of course, you know, it, it, it wasn't as effective as dad had hoped it would be, but we laugh about that today. It's not just those times that you're going to have the most influence on your kids. It's the times that you react and you respond to things. Something unexpected happens, and they see you in a situation that you didn't see coming. Those are the times that are going to have great impact. That's why we need to be so careful asking God through our relationship with Christ to give us the ability. God, and this is my prayer, even to this day, God, help me to respond the right way. Help me to, to think before I speak. Now, that's, that's so important. It's a real-time example. They are watching. They are listening in real time. And that's why it's not just what I do on the outside but it's about the inside. And only God can help us there. Only Jesus can help us in that relationship with him. You know, real-time example. Make your words count. Make your words count. Tell them to do something. Have them do it. Repeating it ten times only hurts you and hurts them. We saw a situation, I mean, I see this all the time, obviously you do too, in a restaurant or something where some kid was doing something he wasn't supposed to be doing, and I don't know, four or five-year-old, and the dad said, quit doing that, you know, and you know, quit doing that. I don't know, about, after about the 10th time, I'm ready just to say, Dad, stop it! You know, I'm, I'm almost ready to do that. I really am. I'm not that close. And Charlene's like, we, it's, you know, and I, I want to say to the dad, I want to just grab him by the shirt and say, do you understand what you're doing? You know, and finally he ends up leaving because, oh, you're going to keep doing this. Take the kid out. Let him understand, you know, do whatever you got to do, whether it's a timeout or uh, a spanking or whatever. If you don't believe in that, whatever. Make sure that your words count. Okay? Don't have to count down. Don't have to do a, you know, 10, 9, 8 type of thing, you know. And you do that because, you know, you care about them. I mean, if they're playing in the street, you're not going to say, okay, come back, come back. You're going to get out of there and get out of there right now. I don't want you getting hit by a car. It's the same concept with anything in the area of correction and discipline. Make your words count. 
All right, real-time example. Just, that's, just, that's what that whole passage in Deuteronomy is talking about, just how you live your life. All right, let me show you this last thing. I'm going to show you this. I'm not going to have all of it. There's a blog that's up. As soon as, when you get home, it'll be up, and it's going to have all the whole complete list. I'm just going to go through a few of them right now. Um, and and, and I'm gonna, I want you to go look at that because it's going to help you both think through what your kids are doing, but also it might even help you as a, as a kid as you think back on your home that you were raised in. It might even help you in that area. So, so even if you don't have kids, this is a good thing. It's on the blog. Just go to renaissancechurch.org and then go to the blogs. It's, the ones, it's up there today. And I'm going to go through some of these right now, but it's much more complete there. So, um, so do that, and, and there's, a little, there's a little homework assignment there for you to do in terms of, and you'll see that when you read that. So, so do that. But let's go through some of these. If a child lives with criticism, he learns to condemn. If he lives with hostility, he learns to fight. If he lives with fear, he learns to be apprehensive. If he lives with shame, he learns to feel guilty. If a child lives with tolerance, he learns to be patient. If a child lives with encouragement, he learns to be confident. If he lives with praise, he learns to be appreciative. If he learns with acceptance, he learns to love. If he lives with approval, he learns to like himself. It's hmm. an amazing thing. That might be a little self-discovery for you. If he lives with recognition, he learns, to, he learns it's good to have a goal. If he lives with honesty, he, he learns what truth is. If he learns, lives with fairness, he learns what justice is. If he lives with security, he learns to have faith in himself and those about him. If he lives with acceptance and friendship, he learns to find love in this world. And if he lives with loving parents, he learns his world can be safe and secure. Comes back to that, doesn't it? Mom and dad loving the heck out of each other. Doesn't mean you have to go around kissing in front of them. It's how you treat each other. Go back to the blog when you're on the blog and look at outrageous love. I give you some practical things to think about. We are in the process as parents of having the highest privilege of creating masterpieces. And we need to treat those precious children, whatever age they are and however unprecious they may seem at the moment, we have the privilege of having the kind of influence that can help encourage them to be men and women of influence, of standing, and of faith in an almighty God. We have that privilege. I trust that we will use it with our kids, with our grandkids, and those that God puts into our life that are like kids. I pray that in Jesus' name. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. So much for the opportunity that we have over and over and over again, and that we don't always stop to think about to have the opportunity of influencing people to have a love for for God and people, to be positive members of, of society. I pray that. I ask you for, for strength in that, God. We thank you for your grace and for your love in every way. Thank you that Jesus came to give us a relationship with you, to give us the ability to be the people that we should be. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.